The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. Always co-hosted with me, my main man, E. e. Glove. Glover, you there? Yes, I'm here, James. How you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing today? Oh, man, you know I'm San Diego, sunny San Diego, baby, 75. You don't even hey. have to ask me today. It's 75 degrees and sunny. <laughs> well, let's get it going. A couple of announcements. Nice like I said, you know, we're going to have a uh, good thing going on. Uh, a couple of guys going out to Jailhouse Rock, finally Indiana on April 20th. Everybody come on out. It's going to be me. Uh, we got my buddy Anthony Parker. We got uh, Mark Green from out the Bears. He'll be out to sign autograph. Great grand opening. And also, I'm doing my football camp glove on um, June 22nd. Gonna have you come out too, glove, and help me out with that. You know, uh, gonna be a good thing. And then actually, we got another thing going on. What do I got going on again, glove? I don't know, glove. I got so much going on. You know, I'm coaching football now. Got the new job, so we're gonna talk about all that, glove. So. Let's get started. Enough about me, right, Glove? Enough about you already. <laughs> New job. We're going to talk about that, too, Glove. We're going to talk about everything today. You know what, Glove? The other day, we talk so much, and we talk about sports. Right? We'll talk about the um, the um, NCAA tournament. We'll talk about it a little later. We'll have some guys on, you know, ready to say folks call in. P probably call in. We want the other call to call in, too. But we want everybody to call in, right, Glove? Yes, yes, yes. More the merrier. More the merrier. Call in if you don't agree with me. I know everybody agree with me all the time, you know, but nobody agree with Glove. I'm like, we like um, first take Glove. You skip Bayless, and I'm um, Stephen A., you know. That's what it feel like. Yep, you're right, because uh, Skip is taller than Stephen A., so you're right. I'm taller, you're smaller. You're absolutely right. <laughs> nobody agrees with Skip. But anyway, let's start off, Glove. You know, let's start with the, uh, you know, let's go with um, – We'll start football. We run to NBA, then we go to the cause. And our callers call in, I guess, and all like that. But if you got something, glove, throw it out there. You know, I want to start off with you. You got something to throw out there, glove, first? Uh, no. Uh, what you're saying is fine. Uh, I, I watched the um, first take they had the receiver from Atlanta on this morning. I want to say White. And they Roddy were talking White, about Roddy how, White. Yeah, and so they were talking about how Atlanta keeps coming up short. In big games, you know, every year they win about 10-plus games, but they either lose in the first round of the playoffs or the second. So the question is, I'm asking you, uh, Stephen A., or excuse me, James Loving, the question <laughs> I'm asking you is, you know, what's the reason for Atlanta to keep coming up short? Because they've had this loaded team, 
for like the last five or six years, but it seems like they keep playing down to the competition's level. They're not rising to the occasion. It's like during the season, they'll, they'll play well. Then in the playoffs, it's like they drop off. So help me out there. Well, first thing I want to start out with, I was told we should go to slogan, love, not glove. Remember that? And then when you talk, you go with glove, not love, right? Love, glove, Correct. right? Correct. <laughs> so we got to get that, that credit out to that. But um, what you were saying, though, um, the question is, glove, um, I sat there and watched that, too. And um, it's like I tell you, though, all these teams, what you do, you know, regular season, you win 15, 20 game, like, you know, basketball, we get to that where LeBron said he's going to play the last five games. Why should you when you win it? But when you win all these games, well, what does that mean in regular season? Okay, rah, 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 people come out. But the main goal is either Super Bowl or a national championship. or That's the main goal. You know, you can win 15 games. Well, in the NFL, it's like, what, 16 games? Correct. Uh, Atlanta win, what, 12, 13 every year, you know. But you're not winning a big game. You're one and done, you know. So, like, like you asked me that question, you know, I, I seen that thing on first tape. Roddy White talked about his football or bust, you know. I agree with that. Just because you win all these games is good for the fans during the year. But, I mean, what does that the purpose serve, you know? You get all the way to the, you know, the obstacle course and get to the meal, but, you know, you're too tired to eat it. So, you know. Did that make it? Did that sound good with that one, Glove? That, that that's that's a love. That's a love answer. I don't know what you were just talking about. What's but, the glove answer? Here, here, the, the glove. I love answer. The glove answer. I love answer. What what I what I was looking at was this right here, and and it kind of pertains to everything that we'll probably talk about. But I'll start here. It, it seems like Atlanta had what it takes in the the regular season because of scheduling and things like that. But it seems like once they get in the playoffs. They don't adjust for the playoff atmosphere. See, a lot of people can play during the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, you got to take your games to another level. You know, when I'm saying that, when I'm saying that, it's like this: Atlanta had San Francisco what 17 to nothing at halftime, or 24 to whatever the score was. They were beating San Francisco pretty bad. Okay, San Francisco came out and adjusted, but Atlanta didn't make any adjustments, so San Francisco ended up winning. So my thing is, yeah, they're a good team, but when something like that happens, to me, it's, it's coaching. It's it's part playing, but it's also coaching and game planning. You know, Glenn, remember you said that because when we get to our second half, when you know, ready to come on, I think Pete called in, whoever. I want you to remember that, but what you said, second half of coaching, because you know I'm going with Louisville, right? Of course. and, 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 want, and but that's, Let's leave that for the second half. I won't remind yeah. you that you said that because that's the key point I want to make. But anyway, what you're saying with that was I agree with you, but if you went and doing the season club like Atlanta had been, everybody like – and I told everybody, remember when we talked on the show, we like, Atlanta's not going to do it, man. It's just I know they're winning every game and beating everybody. They're barely winning some game. And that's good when you say you got to find a way to win. But if you look at it, you got to look at how you find a way to win. You know, teams messing up at – when you get in the playoffs, it's a different story, Glove, and we know that. You know, everybody say, hey, playoffs is a different season, you know. So that's why I say, you know, Atlanta, you win all those games. You know, I, I think we talk about the NBA where I said, oh, the Spurs or, no, maybe Maverick. They win the season, all, I mean, win their division. But you can't win in the playoffs, you know. So it's a different game in the playoffs. You step your game up different. Do you agree with that? 
Yeah, no, no, I agree. You have to, you have to forget what you did those first sixteen. Now the second half of the season starts. This is playoffs is where you make your money at, regardless of what sport you're in. You know, you make your money in the playoffs. Why they? Why you think they called Reggie Jackson Mr. October? He played well all during the year, but come October, he took his game to a whole nother level. That's why he, he had the nickname Mr. October. You know, Michael Jordan plays well, or Kobe, or any of those big-name players. They no. play well during the season, you know, no. LeBron, all the above. But then come playoffs, they take their game to a whole nother level. And it seems like in Atlanta, who's that guy that's going to take him to that next level? You know, Matt Ryan's a decent quarterback, but he still hasn't gotten over the hump. You know, Tony Gonzalez is Hall of Fame, but he's only as Hall of Fame as Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, you know what? Don't ever do that again. Don't ever come out of your mouth about Michael Jordan played well during the season when you're talking to me. Michael Jordan played well, more than well during the season and playoffs. So don't come with me with that, love. You know how I feel about that, right? Loving. It took my well, this, this is, this is love talking. We're not going to have an argument. Don't come with me while Michael Jordan played well. Doing, don't ever do that, Glove. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Like right. I said. I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you talk. Like, like I said, Michael Jordan played well during the season. He elevated his game during the playoffs. That's why he won championships. Most superstars play well or good or whatever you want to call it. During the season, however you want to verbalize it, they play well or good during the season. But then they take their game to a whole nother level come playoff, come championship. That's why they're called superstars. You don't, you don't see them playing super during the year. It's no, it's no upside if you play super all year long, you get to the playoffs, you go to the championship. Girl, are you crazy? A superstar is a superstar during the whole year and the playoff. Come on, girl. You know that a superstar just don't blossom. Doing the playoff club. Come on, you know wrong saying that. You ain't you saying Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan until the playoffs. Come on, Glove. He was no, Michael Jordan doing the whole that's, season. That's how that's you know he's going to win it, you know? You can't say, yeah, not okay. Go ahead. No, you go ahead because I forgot, you know, I forget, I forgot about you people from Chicago. You know, it's sensitive about Michael Jordan, which we want to know. No, what I'm saying was, you saying a superstar excel in the playoffs. No, they don't. They are a superstar, and they're gonna keep going in the playoffs and bring that team up to par. You know what I'm saying? You saying they only average, then the then the, the playoffs they super average. No, Glove, come on now, you're wrong. That's what I like about you. You don't listen. I said they're good. They're good. I'm not saying that they're great, but they're good. Or I even give you great. But I'm saying in the playoffs for you to be a superstar. I'm not saying they're not great during the season. I just didn't use that word. I'm saying they're above the rest during the season. Then when the playoff time comes, they elevate to another level. That's what makes them superstars. Now, if you would listen, you would have heard what I would have said. I said, I didn't say they weren't already there. I just said in the playoffs, they elevate to a whole other level. That's what separates them from the others. Did you hear that part? Oh, I heard that part. But they okay. still elevated during the season, Glove. Not this is love, not love, right? We have to right. let them know who we're talking, right? You're right. But what we're gonna do, glove? We're gonna take a break, 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 break. 
then we will come back. You know, like I say, you know, you you don't know your thing from superstar to really superstar. You know, you always want to categorize them as average. Michael Jordan won average, but we got to get back to you know who is average. Everybody talk about Camille Ash was is great now, but is he superstar glove because he got might win the scoring title. So this is James Loving, loving that sports talk always. Co-hosted Eric Glove. This is love, not glove talking, but glove says glove, right? You absolutely. They already know who I am. You, you try to get a name yourself. <laughs> we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, back to loving that sports talk in all ways. Co-host and easy. Hey, what's up, Glove? You that Glove? Yes, I am. And, and I'm going on the record. This is Glove, not Love. We will not talk about the Bulls or Michael Jordan ever again. Let, let me tell you something. We're going <laughs> to talk about the Bulls because you irked me on a, on a break talking about Michael Jordan. Come on, Glove. Be real, man. Glove, you, you, you make like these superstars come out. You try to say Magic had a team when they came out. Yeah. You had a team. Jordan built that team. 
You know what I'm saying? Then what was great? Did Magic win six championships? No. So what you saying, Glove? How many, how many rings do Magic have playing in front office? In the front office? No, we talk about playing. <laughs> we ain't talking about See, front office. Come on, Glove. You talk about, we were talking about playing. We can't go in the front office. Hey, hey, Love, why are you getting upset, man? Let's talk about something else. I'm, I'm, let's go beyond Jordan. Talk. Let's talk about something else. You know, you don't like talking about Jordan because you don't like to get credit when it's due. Hey, Cliff Livingston got three rings with the Bulls. San Diego, baby. And what Cliff do? He played. He played against Bird the championship. <laughs> go back and look. Go back and look at the tape. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy! I swear to God. People don't want to give Michael when it's down, you know, but they, everybody with San Diego want to give, oh, what's good San Diego they do? What San Diego did? What San Diego? Um, so, well, that's what I said. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Let's move on. You did, you can't even come up with that. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Well, well I want to get into um, um, LeBron James made a comment saying that, um, He's not going to play the last five games. He's going to rest himself for the playoff. Everybody uproar, you know. People talk about, you know, you got to look at the fan point. Then everybody talk about he should play because people pay their money, come see him. And he's saying, you know, hey, why get hurt, you know? And I have a different thing on that glove, but then I thought about when um, Rose played last year. Do you remember when um, Derrick Rose and that beat, I think it was Atlanta, there's a man left that was up by 10 points. And I, and that, and, the coach should have brought him out of the game. Why didn't you bring him out? He got hurt and he's done for the season. So I can't see LeBron point. Do you agree with that? Look, as long as the organization has nothing, don't see anything wrong with what LeBron's doing, it's a health issue. It's not important to win these last 10, maybe. Or maybe we don't know if it's important or if it's not important for them to win the last games that they're playing. Now, from a fan perspective, I understand what the fans are saying because people, like say for instance, they play Boston or they play the Lakers, the ticket prices and everything goes up that night for the game. Right. So you're paying more to see them superstars come play, and the superstars don't show up. So do they? You know, are you going to get a refund for them not showing up? No, it's not. It's not going to happen. So, so what they have to look at because it's one of those delicate situations. Is, is, it, is it important for them to win, or is it important for them to please the fans? And, and that's what, you know, has to be addressed because the NBA is winning regardless because now the spotlight's on LeBron for not playing. It's not on the NBA. When San Antonio didn't bring those players, you know, Duncan and Nobly and Parker, yeah, the light was on them for a minute, but it, you know, died out eventually. So it's just that we're going into the playoffs. Everybody's making a big deal of it. Well, let me ask you this: uh, What side are you on? Are you on? You agree with him not playing, or you are a fan? Because I know you went to the game. What game you went to? You went to the Lakers, the Clippers, didn't you? Uh, I've been to multiple games. I went to the Clippers, uh, OKC. Okay, now and, uh, say you went to the Clipper OKC, and you went there to see Durant, and then you went to see you know Griffin or you know um, Paul. Would you be mad they weren't playing? Be honest. Uh, you know what? Yes, I, I would have been. I would have been upset. But then at the end of the day, it was for my thirteen-year-old son. So it was a matter of you know father and son bonding. So 
it's more to the game than those individuals. If they can play, it's a beautiful thing. If they don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Well, let me ask you this. Were your son looking to see Durant, or were you just looking to see a game? Well, he wanted to see Blake Griffin. He wanted to see um, Chris Paul. Well, so that's he what I'm saying. What would they play? Would you have been mad as a fan taking your son? Uh, I would have been mad that my son didn't get to see him play, yes. Yeah. So but, what you're saying is people who bring their kids and pay all that money, you know, for them to see LeBron for their son, they should see them, right? Well, that's, that's again, that's on the team, that's on the organization, and that's on LeBron. you got to think, well, okay, now, that's on somebody to spend. Because, you know, there's different stickers, right? There's a nosebleed, there's a middle, and all like that, then there's players. So what you play that $1,000 to be close to see the player, would you have been mad with your son? That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, but okay, you're right. I will be upset, but you have to look at it. They're telling us up front that they're not going to play. You follow me? They're telling us 10 games out, 12 games out, that they're not going to play. So we already know that they're not coming. So why would I get upset when I've been pre-warned or, you know, I've been told in advance that they're not coming? Now, if he didn't say anything and I showed up for the game that night and and he's not there, then, yeah, I'm going to be a little upset because they could have said something. But they're letting people know already that these guys may not play because of what's going on, you know, for the playoffs. So I can't – I can't be mad at that. Well, it not only came with five games left, but before when LeBron and Dwayne and Chris didn't play, not one Chris, it was um, Chamber, nobody knew, so they was upset. But now five games out, LeBron coming out, and I think that's why you say he coming out letting them know, hey, don't pay that money because I'm not playing, you know. So I think right, that's what he's doing, right, to let people know right, don't pay that money, point. right? But that's that's kind of my point. At least he's having the decency to tell people he's not going to play, as opposed to them other six or seven games. You know, after they lost to Chicago, that they didn't play in, they rested them up. So you know, you feel sorry for those people in those games. But my only problem is I don't I don't think you know they say he shouldn't announce it. Should he? Shouldn't he? I think he should announce to let the people know. So now they have a. Uh, option of either selling their tickets or continuing to the game. And then that's the organization being pissed off. So that takes money from that, right? You're absolutely right. Because basically the, the owners of the organization make out with these games. Cause what does it cost? Uh, what do you spend a, a game with you and your son? At? Probably about $300, right? Um, yeah, we, we uh, total was around a little over 300 bucks, and we said probably in the, um, we said on OKC side, probably 12 rows up where the tunnel is, where the players go in. So, you know, I think the normal ticket there would have been probably like $50, $60 less, $70 less, something like that. But because we went on online and bought them from somebody else, you know, they were a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, you're spending that like it looks like a football game. You go there, everybody tell me, "Oh, you go there and see the game," but you spend three, four hundred dollars a game, and then like you know, you want to see these superstars playing. If you don't see them, you know what you're doing. You spend all the money, and the owners are the people making the money, right? You're absolutely right. No people, people should know in advance if if certain superstars are going to play or if they're not going to play. 
because then you can make the choice of either selling your tickets or, you know, doing something different. So That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the break. We're going to break a little bit early because we got Reggie Slater on. And when we come back, we'll talk about the NCAA championship game with Louisville, winning against Michigan. Then we're going to talk about the women, too. Then we're also going to talk about, you know, what you're saying was, hey, should LeBron um, play? We'll be right back with James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host of Eric Glover, and then we'll come back for me and play Reggie Slater. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike? Maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure. Whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker, be sure to tune in to Backpacking America's Trails with host Rob Maureen. We'll explore some of the most fascinating places on Earth. In addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with Loving House Sports Talk with my main man co-host Eric Glove. Is that Glovey Glove? Yes, sir. 75 San Diego, baby. Well, well always. I, I, I talk about it all the time. I appreciate the time he takes out to be on the show. You know, it's, like, it's amazing. You know, he always calls me, oh, love, I forgot to call him. You ain't forget nothing. Appreciate you calling him. Former NBA player, Reggie Slade. Is that Reggie? 61 Houston. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then he just said it was raining gloves. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he he say that. He just said 61 in Houston. Say it's raining, Red. Say it's raining. <laughs> 61 in a little bit. <laughs> well, Glenn, we're going to start with Red. You know, I got a question about, you know, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. I think, I don't know what you picked, Gov. I can't remember. But, you know, I looked at Louisville to win it, but I watched the game. I don't know, Reg, but how you take it, but I thought it was like a little bit, you know, a little slow and all like that. And they had that focus on too many, like, you know, Michigan player Burke and like, you know, but I think it was a slow game. What do you think, Reg? Man, I think it was an exciting game. I thought it was some guys that really stepped up and for spurts, they looked like superstars. But in the end, collectively, I think Louisville, besides the great coaching that, and leadership that Patino provided, I mean, they just banded together and really pulled it out at the end. I thought it was exciting myself. Well, no, I'm with, I'm with, I'm with, uh, Reds. My thing was, I was impressed with the adjustments that Patino made at halftime. But prior to that, I like the guard play by Louisville, by the little kid, Silver. I think he's, uh, He's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the near future. Yep. Red, you weren't on earlier. I told Glove I was going to come back to that question that he made, or comment, not question, that the, the coach for Patino made, you know, the adjustment. And I wanted you to talk about it. I told Glove, you know, that's something that we can talk about later. Uh, when I looked at the game, I only cut it on, and Louisville losing by 12. And then before yep. the half, they were down by, I think, three. What's Amazing with adjustment. What do a coach do with adjustment, Brad? Man, you know, you know, it's just like you know, all of us when we were when we learned to get into you know college or whatever, you become not just a fan, you become a student of the game. And I think Patino is elevated from more than just a student of the game. I think there are certain things that he's observed and he saw certain weaknesses and certain things that he could take advantage of. He made the correct adjust, adjustments. And exploited the uh, the opposition, and the results was that the deficit began to shrink, and they came out victors. Well, I agree. No, I agree. I think from the beginning, it seemed for, for me from the beginning when they were in that uh, zone defense, I think the zone benefited the jump shooting in, at, at Michigan. And then as they the game progressed. And they started clamping down, you know, more and more and more. I think Michigan went away from what got them to the finals, which was, yeah, Burke is going to get get his, but the other two guys in Hardaway and Robinson Jr., they didn't step up, and they didn't exploit the matchup that Robinson had, I mean, excuse me, that Hardaway Jr. had, nor did they go inside enough for me. I'm a I'm an inside-out kind of guy. I like the big man touching the ball. You know, I don't think you can go wrong with the big man holding the ball. But it seemed like Burke had to prove a point being consensus, and he kind of took his other teammates out the game. <laughs> you agree with that, Grant? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, one thing, I, I was watching the game with my son, and, uh, you know, I reiterated a comment that I said before, and it goes for all sports, I think. You know, the points on the board, the offense, that makes the mom and, and dads happy. The defense is what wins championships. And I think it got to a point where uh, Louisville's defense got so got so pesky to the opposition that you know it forced them out of their game. And guys, you know, they start getting upset, and, and and they and they start getting out of the game plan. And again, that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons I think Louisville came on top. 
You know, Rich, I want to I want to um, jump to something, but I want to come back before you come back. What well, you said was pesky, but when I seen the game, I I seen that um, Louisville was, you know, like bullying them and like rebound. You know, uh-huh. I, I want to uh-huh. jump to that, and then once you talk about come back to where you, I, you went on last week, but we talked about uh, uh, Griner, Brittany, that glove her name uh-huh. from uh, uh-huh. Baylor, how she was bullying, taking out her game. How was Louisville bully Michigan out of the game? And then go back to Reggie and let us know how Brittany Griner will bully out of her game from, you know, um, from that game. Well, as I see it, again, defense wins championships. I think these guys got into uh, – I, I think they, they got into the comfort zone and went beyond that and and disrupted these guys so much. And that guy – and they had – I can't remember the young fellow's name, but Louisville's killing these guys on the boards. I mean, these guys were going for broke. And you guys saw the same game I did. There was bodies flying all over the place. You know, the term, you know, I'm going to leave it on the court or I'm going to leave it on the field. Mm-hmm. You had the one kid that, you know, had the compound fracture. He left it on the court. And the other guys, I mean, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. Because these guys are diving on the ground. I mean, I saw some of these guys hit the shoulder first, side of the face first. I mean, they really wanted it. They wanted it that bad. And and they st- they held true to what got them to where uh, uh, where they, you know, got them to, to the finals. And they stayed true to that defense, and that, that's what got them on top, man. They just, they just played that hard. And as far as Brittany, she may have okay. gotten into a, a deal where, you know, you start drinking the Kool-Aid. You start believing the hype. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, you know, there's always somebody, the, the better you are, the bigger target that you have. And some people get amped up and get, uh, 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 you know, they look forward to playing against you because they want to play against the best. And, you know, she, she, she may have gotten into a situation where, you know, she, she played against a Kevin Garnettish type of player that just wasn't going to have that. You know, and they, they were solely focused on making sure she was frustrated and shut down. Go ahead, Gluck. I want to ask Reggie a question after you talk. Go ahead. No, no I agree. I, 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 I solely agree with everything that Reggie said about defense. You know, I always say, be it baseball, football, basketball, defense wins championships. And and the one thing I noticed from the start with Louisville was Louisville, like you say, he used pesky. I use, you know, aggressive and energetic. You know, yeah. from the start, they were getting after him. You know, you seen the guards on Louisville, even though, you know, they were going up court playing defense, they're coming behind the guy trying to steal the ball. Or they're, like, in their face the whole time. It seemed like Michigan had that mindset of being in that comfort zone, like Randy said. But they never, they never like, got outside that comfort zone. It was like, oh, we always know we can play. We can score a basket when we want to. But it seemed like Louisville was like that little dog, that little dog barking at your ankle the whole game. You know, every time, you know, you take that step, that dog is on your ankle just, just you know, making that, ah, 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 ah. And, and at some point, it gets in your head and you get tired of it. So that's the difference that I've seen with Louisville that Michigan didn't show me was just the energy, just the aggressive energy and the aggressive nature. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree mean, with I you, Glove, or not. And, and Rich, go ahead, Rich. I said, I think they were that focused. I mean, it doesn't make a difference whether was, if they were up by 10 or down by 10. These guys stayed focused and they, they kept their day, game plan. And they stayed, they brought that energy out there and they were just defensed up. I mean, they, they were, they were tough. They were tough. 
Reggie, I have a question. Which MEV did you see that was best? You know, you went with um, the wear for um, Louisville. He was hurt, and they had him out there wearing it, you know, the sweat. Or did you see Michigan where they had Jaden Rose and Michigan 5-5 five, five, that said that last time out they should have won it? Which energy was up? Because they tried, you know, portray that, okay, you know, what happened to the 5-5, five, five, you know, the timeout? Well, let's go and win it now. They had everybody there. And I think Chris Weber won't come, right? Yeah. They don't have nothing to do there. with it. But which energy did you see? Was it the wear being hurt for Louisville or the 5-5 five, five saying they want to, you know, it's a time for them to win it. Well, in truth and honesty, and you know, this is Father Tom right now, that, that, that's the thing that happened with, with Chris Webber was probably 20 years ago. A lot of those guys weren't even born. So I don't know if it resonates with them as much. Whereas what Tino has instilled or helped fire up with the guys that he has right now, his current players, I think that was more real and that resonated with them better than an image of something that happened 20 years ago. So from that standpoint, I would say that, again, you know, starts off with recruiting and then leadership. I think those factors helped and were a bigger factor in Louisville winning and, and, and Michigan not winning. Because it's hard, I think, to, to build a foundation on something that you can't, that you can't relate to as well, like something that happened 20 years ago before you were born. But it is a solid foundation when you look at these guys, and I heard one of the guys say it after in their acceptance speeches of, of the title, you know, these guys look at each other like brothers, like most teams do. But these guys, I mean, they sacrifice. Again, I'm looking at the game. I'm looking at guys sliding on the floor. I'm looking at one kid had a compound fracture. I'm looking at, you know, all these things that added up to they were willing to sacrifice everything. It's like a fight. You know who's going to win? It's the guy that's willing to die. That's who's going to win the game. If he's going to stop at all, he's not going to hold anything back. And I don't think these guys held anything back. Google. I, I totally, I totally, I totally agree, you know, a few times over. You know, I can't say it enough, the energy that Louisville had as opposed to the energy that Michigan had. But like I said, the the difference for me was, even though Burke was the consensus All-American, to me, not, not saying he's a Westbrook, player, but he kind of plays in the same mind, mindset as Westbrook because Westbrook doesn't know when to give the ball up or when to shoot. As a point guard, you got to be a facilitator. you got to say, hey, I can bring my game at any time, but let me get others involved. And that's kind of the problem with Westbrook in my mind. Now, going to Michigan, because I'm making a comparison between him and Burke, when you look at Burke, you have a big man that got you to the dance. You know, he came with his dancing shoes on. But you never got him involved. You never showed him that girl to go dance with. You know, like I said, Hardaway had a mismatch, but you never exploited the mismatch. You know, Robinson Jr., he wasn't really a factor anyway, but it seemed like it was going to either go all the way with Burke or die with Burke. Forget about the fact that the white guy, Spike, kept you in the game in the first half. He shot one shot. He got the ball one time in the second half after what he did in the first half. So, to me, it was a matter of getting out coach because Patino is a heck of a coach and just getting caught up in, you know, what do we do and being in that comfort zone. Hey, Red, before you answer, I'm on glove. I never agree with glove. I never <laughs> do it. So, you just got to be amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, I agree with him because when I watched it, 
I thought it was all about Burke, and he wasn't trying to, you know, like Glove say, help all of the, the other guy, you know, and it's like, it's my show. Because, you know, when you look at during the week, it's like, oh, we got this guard from Michigan about him and him. And I think he got into that mentality that it's about me. Do you agree with that, Red? Well, you know, the saying comes to mind, good players show up, but great players help the team to show up. You know, uh, you know what made Michael Jordan great was not just because he was who he was and his practices and so on and so forth. It was that. Go ahead, talk about Michael. Infection. Go ahead, though, Ed. It was infectious. You know, you know the, the the will and the want and the desire, the hunger to win is infectious. I think great players, the Magic Johnsons, the Larry Birds, and you can tell I'm an '80s kid because I'm, I'm bringing up those names. Those are the people that help everybody else bring their game up. I mean, if they, if you have that much faith in a living person, if they are that much of a leader, if they are that powerful as you. There's no way in hell you're going to let him down. And if he's out there butt, busting his butt and sacrificing all, then you're not going to let him down. Absolutely not. And that's what great players do. You know, they're like coach on the court with steroids. You know, but a good player, a good player is going to be, he might be the faster person. He might, he might, he might, uh, you know, maybe able to score a few more points, but he doesn't have the ability to bring the team totally together. Is that what you're saying about Burke? He didn't have that ability, Red? Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> you agree with that glove? Yeah, yeah, no, that's what that's what I was saying when I you know, when I watched the game, it was like the team played better when Burke was sitting down with those those two or three fouls he had in the first half. The team was more open and loose. And then it seemed like when Burke got back in the game when he got back in the game, he kind of went into that mode where kind of Kobe goes into where I'm going to score every point, so everybody else just stands around and watch. It's like, you know, they would one dribble, hand it off to Burks, and they would get out the way. You know, that's not good in the grand scheme of things, if it, you know, when it's a team sport. So that's what I didn't, you know, that was the downside to me, you know, well, Michigan. And I agree with you, Glover, on that. Reg, I want to get to two things. I want to get want to end this with that, but – uh, I want to say that, uh, cause I want to get to the Brittany Griner. You went in last week. I wanted to hear your comment on that. How she thought she was beat up. But first, before we go into that, I want to say that kind of reminds you what Glove said about Westbrook. Westbrook does that. You know, he takes over a game, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't. You know, he does some things that, okay, I'm great. I'm trying to tell you, but you got to facilitate your other players that like Durant and all the other, you know? Is that what Burke was? Are you asking me a glove? I'm asking you, Red, yeah. Oh, uh, well, here's the deal. I, I, certainly, I would say Westbrook is non-conventional. Certainly, I would say that. But I, I will say this. Isn't isn't uh, Durant one of the, the leading, if not the second leading scorer in the NBA? Yeah. I mean, he needs he needs a Robin. Somebody's going to have to step up and be the Robin. And until somebody else, because, you know, it is so competitive in the professional level, until one of those other guys, shooting guard, center, somebody steps up, he's going to carry that load. And if it works for them, and it's, you know, it's certainly non-conventional uh, to what the norm is, then you know, hell, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is it is it non-conventional? Is it, is it the norm? No, I, I you know, I agree with him. It's not normal. No. 
But, but didn't Burke, like Glove say, hurt his team when he came back on the court? He's off. And don't Westbrook hurt his team when he trying to do that and he's off? Is that what I don't know because in the college level, you know, there's a lot of egos. Well, there's a lot of egos anywhere, and you got to have egos. But you know, if if if, and I don't know if this is true, if Burke was looking at, well, man, I got to get my points. And, yeah, that's going to hurt the scheme of things. That's certainly going to hurt the scheme of things. As a, If his focus was that as opposed to, man, we have to win, you know, because the, the, when, when he was out, the team was flowing the best they can, and they were doing things. But when he if, when he came on the court, if he was looking to gun, despite if somebody else was open, then he, he, he was hurting them. He was definitely hurting them. Well. No, I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I've, I've been repetitive when I said it. In the first half when he was out, they had a lead pretty much to the end of the first quarter, the first half. But then that two-minute where the other kid on Louisville and all. But then in the second half, you know, went back and forth, and the result is the better team, excuse me, the best team won with the best coach. Yeah. Well, Ray, let's jump. I want to jump back to last week. I want to talk about Brittany Grant. I don't we can get your uh, your take on this, but she was upset, you know. But isn't that basketball when you go in there, you know, a great player, you try and frustrate them? Isn't that what Dennis Rodman did with every player, you know? You go in there, you know, you beat them, you talk back to them, and you frustrate them. Why was it that, you know, she was done wrong? Everybody tweeting Robert G. Griffin, the third, you know, saying she was done wrong, won no calls. But isn't that basketball, Reggie? Uh, yeah, the only thing I have to say about it is that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. And, you know, sometimes you get the calls and sometimes you don't get the calls. But the key to getting better is you being able to adapt, adjust, and move forward. You can't cry about it. Well, no, I agree. I mean, you gotta you got to remember, or we have to remember, she's a 20-year-old girl, young lady in college. She's hormonal, emotional, all the above. So what's our expectation? Yes, can she play ball? Yes, but she has to learn how to work through her emotions, and she hasn't got that part down yet, which will help her when she becomes a professional. Yeah. Did Did you see the difference with her and Lisa Lesbie, uh, Red? Um, you know, <laughs> personally, yeah, I think Lisa's a little little tougher. But she didn't have the skill assets that Brittany has. I think that for ratings sake and so on and so forth, NBA, college, they have changed the rules so that there's more points scored and the players are even more uh, protected. That's why, at least in the pros, you see more points on the scoreboard. Um, you know, think back, again, I'm an 80s kid. Think back to playoff games back when the Boston Celtics played the Lakers. Right. Remember how tough those was? I mean, and think back to tough playoff games nowadays. They're tough now, but you don't have Bill Lambeer and, 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 and other, Marcus Johnson, all these guys just knocking the hell out of you. You don't. You flat out don't. So, I mean, there's, there's some rules that are set in place to protect the players and to make the game more fast paced. So, once you go through that, you become tougher. And you won't respond saying, somebody was pushing me, you know, because you expect that. Well, let's, let's suspend on that, Reggie. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to go there because we talked about that too last week. 
Well, LeBron talking about he getting beat up every week when he, <laughs> he lost to Chicago. <laughs> but when they were losing, he wasn't mention that. So, you know, why does it come out now, Red? Um, because he's preparing. He's preparing for the playoffs. That's why. The playoffs are right around the corner, and he wants to get every advantage that you can. So he wants to bring it out now so the referees know now that, hey, man, when I go to the hole, these guys are following me, you know. He's putting that out now in preparation for the playoffs. I mean, that's my opinion on that. But he is getting fouled. But did you see that Chicago game? What was that, two uh, Heinrich? What? Too cold. No, it wasn't no flagrant, but he's saying it was flagrant. Come on. Yeah, he might be crying a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> right. So that's why I'm yeah. saying, you know, you look at these players, and like you said, Brittany, you know, they look at that. But you got to be tougher. I mean, like they said, when Shaq was coming up, they, they, he wasn't getting the calls. Am I right? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I mean, he, he, um, again, I think the, the, the guys – the, the game has changed a little bit to be more attractive to the fast-paced uh, finesse game. You know, you got more finesse. You got, that's why you see in the NBA all these seven-footers shooting, you know, jump shots and out in the three-point line and all that stuff like that, whereas that was not the norm back back in the day when, when, when this game first started. Um, but so they are less accustomed to the physicality of things, when it when it when the fit hits the sand, these guys are not accustomed to that. And then the, then the crime starts. Well, no, I'm I'm hey totally totally agree. Uh, to to add to what he was saying, you know, my thing was was when he was talking about you know the whole finesse game now, and you were talking about points and more toward the uh, the fans. Back, I'm I'm an '80s guy too. And so back, you know, in the 80s when you had the bad boys in Detroit, you know, and you had those little monikers on team, you know, Showtime in L.A., you know, back then Chicago didn't have a nickname because they weren't the Bulls yet. So anyway, loving, back then if you think somebody scored 100 points, everybody would go, wow, they scored 100 points. You know, those games were 60s and 70s and 80s, like a high 80 or 90-point game was the norm. Or a good game. If somebody scored a hundred, you're like, wow. Now today, because like you said, the game's changed. It's more global. It's more finesse. Think about it. Back then, Bill Lane Beer was the only seven footer shooting the jump shot. Yep. Every now and then, Ewan would shoot a jump shot. Now, if you're not a seven footer shooting a three pointer, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You agree that, Red? Yeah, I do. It's just a sign of the times. We're rich. We had a Zaria man. I want you to help us. You know, we had a few minutes at the show. Who was the best player? Was Michael Jordan the best player? And what did Michael Jordan bring to the game, Red? Tell me. Um, was he the best player ever? I can't say that because I I, I never had privy to, to watch Oscar Robinson play or, or any of these guys like that. But as far as my generation goes, what I saw – uh, when I played, you know, against these guys, yes, he was. Why was he that good? Because, first of all, he was he was blessed ridiculously by God with athletic talent, and he was blessed more so mentally to be humble enough to push himself, stay focused, and know who he was and what's, what's not. Add to that, 
The guy had a will like I've never seen before. And I'm, you know, I played against, you know, Barkley, the Kings, the Patricks. He had a will stronger than any guy I've seen on the court. Hey, Reggie, can I ask you a question real quick? Just to, just to piggyback off of what James was saying. What do you, what do you judge by in the NBA or in any major sports when they consider greatness? Aren't you judged by championships? In the end, I think that's a major factor. But I still think Carl Malone and John Stockton are great players, and they never won a championship. Oh, I agree. And, so, and the only reason I say that because Levin always talks. I have no problem with Jordan. My problem is, like you said, with the older guys, like an Oscar Robinson, somebody like yeah. that. But nobody never talks about Bill Russell, and and that's my that's my problem right there. Whenever we talk greatness or they talk championships, they'll stop it like Jordan was the only one. And then they'll go down from Jordan to Magic to everybody in that round. Uh huh. Well, it, 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 NBA publicly televised wise, it wasn't what it is now. Certainly back in the sixties, um, you know. But I mean, you got to give a lot of respect to Bill Russell. Uh, I mean, was it eleven championships? I think. Yes, sir. Could you imagine a guy that won eleven a championship in this day and age? Can you imagine that? Could you imagine how much money we'd be talking about? How much money he'd break in the bank? <laughs> You'd have a thirty million dollar player. Oh, dude, could you imagine? Well, well, that would Red, be amazing. I'm, I'm already go somewhere with you, Red. But can you imagine the different scenario of the game? I mean, look at Michael play. Remember with Detroit, they had their own defense for Michael Joy. You know, you think uh-huh. in, in that time. They had the same thing for Bill Russell. You know, they would deed him up. He wouldn't have got the shot that he had been fouled, right? Like he do with Shaq, right? Am I right, Red? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they, 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 you know, a sign of a really great player is when not only teams change the rules, but the entire structure, the NBA changed the rules. This is why, from what I hear, uh, and, and somebody would have to fact check me on this, you know, they had, that, that's why the three-second rule became such a big deal because of Will. Will was out there just, you know, he was Will still scoring 100 points a game, so on and so forth. So, you know, you had to have, you had to do something to make it a more of a, of a, a clear left, a, a playing field. There were NBA changes to get the NBA used to Shaq. I mean, when Shaq came out there, young Shaq was ferocious. I mean, he was a beast. I mean, he was gifted athletically. I mean, he was beyond gifted athletically. You know, he was he was something. He was a force to be reckoned with. Well, we only got a minute left, Red. I want to thank you again. I always think coming up, we'll get you on next week. I'll call you next go. But before we go, who do you see? Uh, is the Lakers going to make it in the playoff, Red? Let us know. My heart desires them to, but. I'm looking on paper and it doesn't look like it. <laughs> my mind is not agreeing with my heart. <laughs> what do you think, love? You know what? Looking at the schedule, I, I think they're going to squeak by. I hope so. I hope so. Well, I want to thank you guys again. Uh, always love and rest. Well, I appreciate appreciate you calling out. Appreciate you guys. Y'all take care. Enjoy that weather, glove. All right. Good talking with you, Red. Right. Remember, let him know, 61, but it's raining out there. 61, but it's raining. But it's all right. This is so good. It'll be better later. All right. Later, guys. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for another great show. Yep. All right. See you.
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 